If you will, join me this morning and uh, turn to Psalms 27.1. If you have your Bible, you can open there, Psalms 27.1, or if you have the church app, you can uh, open up to the sermon notes and just put that, uh, push that blue lettering and it'll open up for you. Psalms 27 and verse 1. We've been on a uh, theme of fear not that uh, we began in the mid part of October and uh, still on that this morning. Looking at uh, what, the God has, what God has to tell us in His Word about fear. Psalms 27 and verse 1. As you're turning there, I want to focus this morning on some scriptures that are mentioned in Psalms 1. It's a matter of fact, in that uh, first part of the verse, it says, Whom shall I fear? And that's what I want to focus on this morning. Whom shall I fear? There are a lot of times in life that uh, we come to a point that we got to choose whether we're going to fear, whether it's fear of some action against us or a kind of a respectful fear towards somebody or different people or whether we're going to fear God and reverence and respect Him. We come to these points of making decisions of whom shall I fear. I remember my first experience of that uh, when I was very young. When I was uh, a young kid, uh, my dad had a Kawasaki motorcycle dealership and with that uh, Kawasaki motorcycle dealership, I met a lot of different people that were coming in, buying motorcycles, buying helmets and different things, and had this one unusual thing. I'm not sure if this happened because of my dad's conversation about uh, a pony that he was wanting to get for me and my sister, or this guy just brought it up on his own, but this guy had spotted a helmet that my dad had that he had an interest in, but he didn't have the money for it, and so he ended up uh, working out a deal to trade a Shetland pony to my dad for that helmet. And so I was pretty excited about that because uh, I was interested in horses and was looking forward to getting a pony. And uh, so I went with my dad to uh, pick up that pony. And when we went to get that pony, it was quite an ordeal to capture it and to get it loaded up. We ended up finding out that that pony had been uh, thrown at, rocks had been thrown at it by neighboring kids. And so it had become very wild. And you weren't going to put a bridle on it. You weren't going to put a saddle on it. It was going to put up with any of that stuff without a fight. So we finally got it rounded up, got it loaded up, got it home, and after we had it home, my dad decided it was time to break this wild pony and for me to take a ride on it. So we went out there, and my dad got the pony and was going to put a bridle on it. And when my dad started trying to put a bridle on it, the pony slung its head and hit my dad in the head. To which that, my dad grabbed that pony by the head, twisted its neck, and slung it to the ground. Pony is very stunned, jumps back up to his feet, kind of shaking his head. My dad's angry. The, the pony's angry, stunned, upset. I'm hiding over in the barn, not wanting to have any part to do with this. My dad starts looking around. He can't see me, and he looks back, and he finally spots me, and he says, come out here and get on this pony. Right then was my first point in life that I'm thinking, whom shall I fear? Because the pony's snorting, my dad's breathing fire, and he's telling me to come get on that pony. And so I said, uh, I don't think I want to ride that pony, Dad. <laughs> to which my dad responds with one statement, get on the pony. And so I decided in that moment I feared my dad more than I feared the pony. And so I went out. My dad grabs me up, slings me up on the pony. As soon as my weight touches the back of that pony, that pony starts to kick to which my dad responds with a punch to its nose. That stunned the pony again. 
The pony just kind of shaking its head like that, stops kicking, and my dad calmly leads it out while I ride on its back. That was the last time that pony ever kicked, ever slung its head, ever bucked. And as I'm riding easy on the pony, I'm thinking, I chose the right person to fear. Because <laughs> I'm sure that turned out much better for me than if I had chose the other route. And so in life, sometimes we are at points like that, that uh, we are encounter decisions that we've got to make of whom are we going to fear? And it can be a situation of am I going to fear, respect, be more concerned about affecting the feelings of my boss or God? Whether I'm be more concerned about how I respond to my coach or what God is speaking to my heart about? We have to make these decisions in life of whom shall we fear because the word fear is, here is used more of a reverent fear, a respectful fear, a fear of what the outcome could be, but in a way that you see the awesomeness of that person's authority or that, that sense of where you're at. And so we encounter that many times in life. And so I want us to look at this scripture in Psalms 27 and see what God's word has to say to us about whom we shall fear and how we go through that a process and come to the decision that the truth is in life, when it comes down to it, God is the only one we should fear. So let's look at this at Psalms 27 and verse 1. And I'm reading this out of the New King James translation. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Now, this scripture as it addresses that question that I really want to focus on, and that is, whom shall I fear? Because I guarantee you that every adult in here of any age has had a point in some point in your life that you had to make a decision of where you was going to put your respect towards or who you were going to fear or who you were more concerned about affecting at that moment with your decision or your answer, whether it be a boss or whether it be a spouse or whether it be someone that uh, has some decision-making process that you're involved in, you've come to that point of who am I going to be most concerned about? Who am I most worried about my answer affecting the most and how it's going to turn out in my particular life? And in these scriptures, the Bible is letting us know that the Lord is three things to us. He's our light, He's our salvation, and he is our strength. Now, as I, I talk about that decision I made about whom I shall fear, and when it comes to the reality of putting this into our real life, whether it be at our job or whether it be on a ball team or a school activity or a social thing or something that we're doing that's affecting our career, that decision sometimes is a little bit more difficult to actually live out. We can read it here, but to really put our trust and our, our hope and not to be anxious and to let that anxiousness kind of overcome us is sometimes a whole lot different perspective. But I want us to look at those three things about light, salvation, and strength. How do we see those things in light of that will help us make a better decision of whom we're going to fear when it's whether go with God or go with the boss, go with God or go with my coach, go with God or go with this person who has a way of influencing my future? Which one am I going to go with? Well, I think the number one thing that we need to remember is what it tells us about light, and that is we should fear the one that is the light of the world and can bring light and wisdom to our life. In the Bible, light usually represents being able to see visibly something or make something clear or to understand something. And the Bible tells us this in Psalms 119, 105. It tells us that the Word of God is a lamp for our feet 
and a light for our path. So it's letting us know that the word of God lights up and makes things clear to us, shows us the way that our path of our life should go. In John 8, 12, it says that Jesus said he is the light of the world. So there's this correlation that uh, Jesus made that he's the light of the world and he is the one that truly lights up and gives the way that we need to follow in our life. The Bible also tells us this in Proverbs 9, 10, says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if I'm going to make wise decisions about the direction I go in my life and understanding things and seeing truly how things are going to light up for my life, then I need to understand that the Lord, fearing him, reverencing him, respecting him, seeing him as the ultimate authority in my life, the ultimate influence in my life. That's the beginning of wisdom. And you know, I found that a lot of people allow a lot of other people to influence their lives in different ways. I mentioned about sometimes it might be the person that you work for, your boss, your supervisor, and you're concerned about what direction your future could be with that company and promotions you might get or job opportunities you get. And so you're concerned about fearing them or showing reverence, respect, or answering them because of the influence that they have on your life. And yet the scripture is letting us know here that we need to let God's word be the ultimate influence in our life. There's a friend of mine that I have known for several years and have gone to church with and different things. And I remember he was in the accounting area. And accounting area is where you can start to get other people trying to influence you and decisions you make. And I remember him telling me that his boss came to him and said, you know, I don't really like the way these accounting figures have turned out. But I've been looking at it, and, you know, really, if this was here and this number became that number, things would look a lot better. Do you understand what I'm saying? He said, I think so. You want me to change some numbers to numbers that are not true. He said, well, let's just say it'll make things look a lot better. He said, so can you make things happen for us? He said, I can't do that. That's not what the truth is, and so I would be lying, I would be falsifying. And so at that moment, he had to make a choice whether he was going to fear God or whether he was going to fear the employer, the boss, his supervisor that had the most influence on his life in that position right there. But he knew ultimately that his life, his future, what things needed to be happening in his life was ultimately in God's hands. And that's what the scripture is letting us know, that the Lord is our light. He's the one that lights the way. He's the one that makes the path for our future to be clear. And he's the one that the Bible is letting us know that the fear of him or the reverence or respect or letting God be the ultimate influence in our life, that is the beginning of wisdom. Now, the friend that I told you about at that moment, the concern was whether he would still have a job or not. But you know what? God has always provided a job for him. And I think it's all been because that he made that choice. He was going to fear God rather than somebody else. You know, uh, some of you may have uh, seen some or parts of uh, Dancing with the Stars. And I was watching one night and I saw Lauren Elena. Everybody, does, who all knows who Lauren Elena is? She's the girl from Rossville, Georgia, that uh, was, I think, the runner-up in season 10 of American Idol, 
And I happened to see uh, that she was going to be on there. I was watching uh, her dance one night, and uh, they did a dance where they pulled off a skirt around her outfit she was wearing. And so she made this statement after they, she was coming before the judges. She said, she said, I feel a little awkward because, you know, I'm supposed to be a Christian girl. My dad's in Alabama watching it. Dad, I'm sorry. <laughs> she was making an apology on TV because she was on TV as a Christian girl and her dad's in Alabama watching her on TV and she just did a dance where they pulled her skirt off. So I watched some more stuff and I didn't hear any more apologies to her dad, but I remember that moment I thought, now there was a girl that had a respect for her dad. He had shown a lot in her life about what Christianity was and at that moment on that show on national TV, that was coming back to her mind. The Bible is letting us know that ultimately the light that should shine the brightest and have the most influence for how we see the future and how we move in our direction in our life should be with the Lord and fearing Him. He is the light of our life. So who should I fear? I should fear the one who is the light of the world that brings light and wisdom into my life. The second thing I see here, the Bible talks about salvation, that He's our salvation. So I should fear the one that brings my salvation and my help to my life. You know, in this particular scripture, the salvation means to bring deliverance, to rescue. And in Matthew 10, 28, it tells us not to fear those who can kill the body, but to fear the one who can kill the body and the soul. Now, that verse is not intended to be a scare tactic for us, I don't think, as much as it is bringing to the reality that a lot of times we fear people who are human beings that can affect our physical being. But the Bible's letting us know that we need to really fear God, who is the one that not only can affect our physical being, but can affect our soul, our spiritual, and our eternal destination. And so the Bible's letting us know that he needs to be the greatest one because he is ultimately our salvation. Here's what Isaiah 12, 2 says. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For Yah, the Lord, is my strength and song. He has also become my salvation. And so the writer Isaiah is saying that there he would not fear anything else because he had a trust and assurance in the Lord, and the Lord was his salvation, his rescue, his help. And a lot of times we put our hope of help in someone that maybe can do something materially for us or somebody that can do something in a way that will make things better from a human standpoint. But the Scripture's letting us know that ultimately we need to be looking to the Lord and fearing and reverence and respecting Him and allowing Him to be the ultimate influence in our life because He is the one that is the ultimate salvation of our life. This morning, uh, Lamont Young shared his testimony about his personal life. And as he was sharing that, he told about how that when he was 15, he lost his ability to walk and was put in the hospital. And I think you said you were in the hospital for about seven and a half months. And during that uh, time, they did tests on him and told uh, his, Lamont and his family that, that they pretty well figured out what was wrong. There wasn't really a lot that they could do for him, that he would either leave with some type of body support type things because he probably would never walk again if he lived through the situation. And so a series of different things happened where his dad brought in people praying for him. They uh, tried an experimental drug on him and uh, wasn't getting any results. 
But as Lamont was sharing his testimony, there was a statement that he made. He said, at one point I told the Lord, Lord, if you will heal me, I'll do my best to serve you. I think you said the rest of your life. Now, I have heard a lot of people say that, and I have experienced people saying that, and two weeks after they're out of the hospital, they're right back in the same lifestyle they was previously. But Lamont made a statement that uh, the Lord healed him, and he didn't walk out of the hospital. He ran out of the hospital to show that God had totally healed him and gone against everything that the doctors had said. But the reality that Lamont said was, when I ran out of that hospital, I haven't quit running and serving God. And whatever God brings to my life, I want to do my best to serve him. Now, Lamont, how many years ago was that? Thirty-eight years ago? So y'all add that up together and you can figure out how old Lamont is. So 38 years, and he said, I don't think I've slowed down yet. Now, Lamont realized that the Lord was his salvation and his help. And so his, his fear and his reverence, his respect turned to the Lord. Lamont talked about how that during that time that he started reading his Bible, he started praying, different things were happening in his life spiritually. But when he made that statement, he was praying to God and he was seeing that God was the ultimate salvation for him at that moment. In Lamont's testimony, I never did hear Lamont say, you know what, I told the doctor, doctor, if you can heal me of my problem right now, I'll come back and work in this hospital and do whatever you need me to do. Don't think you had that in your testimony, did you? You know why? Because Lamont wasn't looking to the doctors for his ultimate salvation. The doctors could bring medications, they could do treatments, but Lamont knew even at the age of 15 that the ultimate salvation and the help for his life was going to come from the Lord. And so in his prayer, it wasn't to a doctor, it wasn't to someone that had some financial support, but it was to the Lord himself. He feared the one who had the means of salvation and help for that moment in his life. And so the Bible's letting us know we need to be reminded, whom shall I fear? the one who can bring salvation and help ultimately in our life, even when the doctors say, there's no hope for you. There's always hope in the Lord. He needs to be the one is our salvation and our help. The other thing that the scripture tells us is not only that he's our light and he's our salvation, but he's also our strength. And so we need to fear the almighty one that can give us strength to face all the fears in our life. The psalmist made the statement that the Lord was the strength of his life. And in 1 Chronicles 29, 12, it states this. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. Your hand is power and might, and in your hand is, it is to make great and give strength to all. And so the Lord wants to empower us with his strength, and the Bible is letting us know he wants to give it to all of us. I love what the Bible tells us in the New Testament, and that is, when we are weak, what? He is strong. In our weakness, matter of fact, I'm convinced from many things that I've experienced in life and seen through the scriptures that sometimes God has to bring us to a point of our weakest points in our life so that we can see the greatness of his strength and his strength working in our life. And so the Bible's letting us know we're going to come to points in our life that we're going to have to make the choice of who am I going to fear? Whom shall I fear? 
Who has the most influence or impact in my life? And if you haven't already been there, you're going to be at some point in your life. It may be a young person over here, and maybe you've got uh, plans in athletics. And maybe you're thinking, you know, if I do this, the coach is going to be pleased with me or the person who can get me in the right team or in the right direction for my life and for my career. And so I need to make them happy. I need to do whatever they want me to do. And so if they say play now, I play now. If they say I need to miss church and be on the ball field, I'll miss church and be on the ball field. But you got to remember who you ultimately has the light for your path of your life, and that is the Lord. Might be somebody that today that you're, you're past all those young things and those young aspirations, and, but you're in just trying to make it through life, provide for your family. And if you haven't already, you're going to come to a point that you're probably going to have to decide whether you're going to fear the Lord and reverence and respect Him or whether you're going to do what the boss wants you to do, whether it's changing some numbers on some accounting or maybe it's kind of putting aside some of your spiritual or your Christian beliefs to satisfy a particular situation. We get put to the test. And those tests, just like when my dad looked at me and said, come get on this pony, I had to make the choice of whom I was going to fear. And that moment in life, I made the right decision. I feared my father. That is carried over into a spiritual aspect. I think it's the same right answer. And that is, no matter what the circumstances are that you're facing in your life, to making a decision You ultimately have a heavenly father, and my wise advice to you is always fear your heavenly father above anyone else, and things always turn out for a better life. I want to ask you to join me in a word of prayer as the musicians come to get a song ready this morning. I don't know where everybody is this morning in decisions in your life, but I do know that probably just about everybody is going to come to a point, whether it's a boss, whether it's a coach, whether it's a girlfriend or a boyfriend, you're going to come to a point in your life that you're going to have to decide, who am I most concerned about? You see, when the Bible is saying, whom shall I fear? It's saying, whom am I most concerned about that has the most impact or influence in my life? Who am I going to fear the most? Who am I going to allow to influence me at this point in my decision? Is it going to be what would please God or what's going to please my coach? Is it going to be what will please God or is it what's going to please my boss? Is it what's going to please God or is it what's going to please my girlfriend? Is it what's going to please God or what's going to please my boyfriend? Whom shall I fear? Who am I going to allow to have the most influence in my decision at this point in my life? Lord, I come to you this morning, and God, I I may not personally know where everybody is in their life, whether it's at work or whether it's uh, sports or whether it's some type of uh, direction for the future of something that somebody wants to accomplish. But Lord, I know that over and over and over at all stages of life, we come to a point that we may have to make the decision, whom do I fear? Or maybe we want to put it, who am I most concerned about? Who has the most influence on me right now? Who can impact my life the most? 
And when we're looking somebody in the eyes and it's our career, it's our future, it's our love, it's our dreams. At that point, I want to be honest with you, it's very easy to be looking at that person and say, I think this is the best decision to go with them right now. And we kind of forget about God. But let me tell you, God never goes away. We're never outside of His sight. He's well aware of everything that we're facing and every decision we're making. And He wants to be the ultimate first in our life. Whom shall I fear? Who has the most influence on me? Who has the most impact? And this morning, if that answer is not always my Lord, then maybe you need to make a quick assessment of where you are spiritually in your life. So maybe you've already made some bad decisions. Maybe you've already kind of given in to the influence of someone else. It's not too late this morning to just say, God, I've made a mistake. And I need to get things on the right path. And somehow, some way, God will help you through that. So if that's your need this morning, maybe you've already made a mistake. You've allowed a boyfriend or girlfriend to influence you in a bad decision. You've allowed a boss to influence you in a bad decision. You've allowed a coach. You've let your path begin to dwindle in the wrong direction. And just take a moment right now, right where you're sitting, say, Lord, somehow I, I lost the reality of your influence in my life. And Lord, this morning I realized that. So Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And Lord, I ask you to help me to get my, my life, my path, headed in the right direction. To let you be the light of my life. To let you always be my ultimate salvation. And Lord, to count on you to be my strength in every situation I face. Thank you, Lord. And let this be a day that changes my life. Lord, I'm praying for those who may have said that prayer right now, made some decisions. They'd already made some decisions that have uh, gone in the wrong direction. But today they want to make a change to get things on the right path. And so, Lord, I pray that you honor that prayer. And, Lord, that you would give them strength as you said you would. You'd be the strength of their life. Lord, may you be their salvation and their light to light the way. And, Lord, we're going to give you the praise and honor and glory. For it's in your name we pray. Amen.